Hey guys, hey. Uh, it's Ash and MK of Highland Podcast. We're doing the part two of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, we already watched the scenes that we wanted to talk about and yeah. I'm fully immersed in this gay fantasy right now. It's I getting... am taken, I am, I'm feeling a lot of emotions right At now. At this frankly, point, it's getting very charged it's charged it's fully charged yeah um so what just happened marianne is (laughs) having her period and is having really bad cramps um as is usual for most people who have periods and (laughs) (laughs) and the girl i need to find out what the what the servant maid's name is in this, because I feel actually really bad just referring to her as maid or servant. I feel like already very ready to cry, so I think. Uh, this is gonna. Be I think Sophie. Sophie is the name of the. Anyway, so, Marianne is experiencing cramps, and Sophie's like, "Yeah, usually I have," and and gives her a remedy of sort of heated berries or some sort of cool, like cherry yeah, berries. yeah, traditional uh, herbal medicine. And then she takes upon herself to say, "Yeah, I usually have it like on tap, but I've been without my." Uh, it's translated as monthlies, which makes me laugh. Um, and then Marianne's a little alarmed. She's like, for how long? And she's like, three months. Which, honestly, on my end, or for myself, sometimes I'll go three, four months or whatever. And I know that it won't be because of anything. Um, but Marianne asks, she's like, is this, is that normal for you? And yeah. And she says no. Right. And and then she goes, well, do you want a child? And Sophie's like, No. And so then Marianne, worldly girl that she is, arranges a thing where she has Sophie run, like, sprint between her and Marianne after a... Are you okay? Yeah. No, keep going. I Um, literally just have the hiccups, but... I don't it's really totally okay, know what to do about it, so uh, ignore no, me. I apologize. Me all day, every day. Um, and she's sprinting, and then she's like, I can't go on anymore. Um, which, fair, because sprinting as hard as you can for a while is difficult. Oh. And, yeah, and so nothing happens. So then they go, um, and they look through the dunes and the field for the certain herbs, which will... They can make, like, sort of an herbal... um, Abortion remedy. Abortion remedy, yeah. That type of thing. And so then they do that, and they have Sophie, like... It almost looks as if it's a... What is it called when a gymnast is lifting themselves up from those bars? Like uh, an arm hang? Yeah, like an arm hang, yeah. She drinks the remedy, and then she, like, goes on to this arm hang, and... Actually, Marianne and Heloise have this discussion where I don't, I don't, I didn't catch the beginning of it, but Heloise, Heloise like, asked have you ever, her, yeah, yeah, if you've ever had sex, and um, Marianne says she has, and Heloise asks what that's like, and 
Marianne doesn't even get the chance to answer because then Sophie drops from this arm hangs arm hang thing. They carry her into bed. Which, by the way, is jarring to look at. Like yeah, oh yeah. But it's a really, it's a really interesting thing to include in a period piece because, I mean, what period piece has dealt with anything like that? Because obviously abortions have been around for so, so, so long. Always, yeah. Um, because women, although the laws and the societal rules were don't have sex until marriage, like, of course it happened. And then you didn't want to have a kid out of wedlock, so there were practices within families and within um, groups of women that they would have their own abortion methods. And it was always the domain of, like, the wise woman of the... Or wise woman, like, you know, if it was a singular woman. Um, Yeah, and practicing these types of things and looking out for... Have been around forever. The girlies, yeah, they've always been around. And... It's just interesting to and, see that in a period piece because you typically wouldn't. Right, and there's historical records of these types of things from this time period and earlier, obviously, but it's like, it just wouldn't be the domain of probably a male filmmaker. He probably exactly. wouldn't even give a shit. Like, It just wouldn't be included in the narrative, but when you have yeah. a film that's... Um, really focusing on women and And that's a cute thing the about lives this movie. There was literally not a single man in this movie. That's no, that's why something like this was even included, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something that should be included, you know? And it's like not it's even in, it's it's, it's just, a narrative that needs to be understood. And what I was going to say is that, like, narratively, it's like, we don't know who she's romantically involved with or who the father of this child is or whatever. But it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. It's literally just about her and her life and what she wants her life to be. Well, and shout out to Marianne, who is and the Eloise person too. who seems to... Yeah, and I mean her for her help, but... Marianne seems to be the one with the knowledge that is she's able to sort of provide, mm-hmm. you know? I think that there's not a lot more than meets the eye, but that she is such an independent soul and really an iconoclast for her time, um, and that is not something that is really focused on because it's not really the point of... The narrative or the movie or whatever, but, like, when you think about it, it's totally the case that she has had such a breadth of experience that she's been to Milan. She's an amazing artist. She's heard music all over the world, and she knows, yeah. Experiences herself, she's probably met women who have Yeah, no, and and, and that she has the knowledge of, okay, this is what one can do in this scenario. It's... I think Marianne... The oh, sorry, yeah, the audio. Um, I like doodling in the podcast, but yeah. if I doodle too Which close is fine, to... it's just if you're gonna, like, if it's, like... Right. That's right, obviously no. gonna pick, pick up, but if it's, like, doo, 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 you know, yeah, that's yeah. not gonna pick I'm up. I'm just telling the audience if they hear something. <laughs> I uh, enjoy doodling during the show, and... Which I appreciate um, stealing your doodles when it's done. Oh, we're... But... 
Yeah. No, I'm going to not. If it's an audible doodle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Marianne, it's like, (sighs) I think it's also something that I come back to where it's like, where Heloise is like, oh, to be, like, free is to be alone, and Marianne's like, uh, you tell me, but obviously Marianne's understanding is like, yeah, to be free is to be alone because you're free of other people's expectations or demands or wants and Marianne seems like someone who spends a lot of time alone and oh, yeah. enjoys being alone. Yeah, totally. Um, which I can relate very much so. I love being alone. <sighs> love being alone. But love I also uh I'm actually pretty fussy in the way that I really like my alone time and I really like spending time with other people. So it's definitely I mean, it's, balance. Oh, it's absolutely I'm I'm the same way where it's like a balance. I love going out with my friends and spending time with my friends and everything, but I also have a huge appreciation for alone time and I like being by I like spending time by myself. And I think it's good to have a balance of both, you know? Yeah, agreed. That's what that's what everything is about. It's, it's healthy. Everything's balanced. Everything's balanced. Okay, um, what happens next? So then, that happens, and then Marianne and Heloise have the conversation of Eloise wanting the tea, um, in terms of, okay, so, like, you've done it before, whatever, like, tell me what that's like. But then she doesn't And Marianne is like, I don't know what to tell you, like, I don't know. Which... I really she doesn't even get the chance to say anything. The girl drops. Oh floor. yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, Sophie drops to the floor. I mean, She's it doing seems her like bar. she doesn't really want to exactly get into it and doesn't really know how to respond. But it's not like she even gets the chance to. The girl Which drops I think to the floor. I am. I totally feel Eloise in this, where it's like, okay, I've literally never even approached this experience at all so please tell me everything you know that you know and then for Marianne it's like uh it's such a weird thing to be completely open and honest about because it's not like your experience is going to be the same as mine was and it's also like she doesn't even have a specific question she's just like what's it like how do you... Oh, and if you're... How would you respond to something like and that? And also either? the dimension that, you know, is the huge elephant in the room is that Marianne they is in love with each you. other. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it's definitely... I keep thinking of it in the context of, like, okay, like, you're friends with someone, and then they ask you that type of thing. How do you respond? And it's like, no, like, this That's is someone... That's not even, yeah. No, this is someone you're in love with. It's and someone they're in that love you, you want to have sex with, being like, <laughs> can you explain what sex is like? It's like, uh, uh let yeah. me show you. Oh, girl. How does one And then, uh, uh, they bring the, uh, they bring Sophie to bed, and... Um, I mean, no, I think this is, that's it. She's sketching her, and... No, but they have that whole thing. What whole thing? The thing where she's, like, when you... Uh, do oh, that oh, oh, your you're blah, blah, blah. so right, and I'm so wrong, and that I forgot. I'm gonna repeat that, because I was moving the mic. Uh, Ash was so right, and I was so wrong, 
because I forgot about the pivotal scene of uh, Marion kind of trying to clock Eloise being, should we do a dramatic? Yeah. I think we should. Who do you want to be? Uh, I don't care. You can pick. Well, do you want to be your girl, Marianne? Or do you want to, sure. you've never been, you've never been Eloise before. I'll so, try Eloise. Right, I cool. don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to well, try. Well, I don't think anyone's even here for our acting. <laughs> but also, <laughs> I'm <laughs> going <laughs> to give it my all. And I'm Marianne. I like that. I'm Chaos Marianne. Ashes Eloise. I can't make you smile. I feel I do, and then it vanishes. Anger always comes to the fore. It's definitely with you. I didn't mean to hurt you. You haven't hurt me. I have, I can tell. When you're moved, you do this with your hand. Really? Yep. And when you're embarrassed, you bite your lips. And when you're annoyed, you don't blink. You know it all. Forgive me. I'd hate to be in your place. We're in the same place. Exactly the same place. Come here. Step closer. Look. If you look at me, who do I look at? When you don't know what to say, you touch your forehead. When you lose control, you raise your eyebrows. And when you're troubled, you breathe through your mouth. And scene. Um... Yeah. Butt plugs. When I first watched that, and even still a little bit now, it's like, I I really like this movie, and I think it's really well done. But, like, is that not a little bit corny? I mean... I mean, when you say it, yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, would they really be... I I mean, I don't know, it just seems so far out of... I get what they're trying to do, but it seems so far out of the realm of reality where, like, I sp- I'll sp- live with people and not know these little idiosyncrasies that they're picking up on, you know what I mean? Is that I, ridiculous Okay, what say? I was going to say is that I feel like I do pick up on these types of things when I'm really, really close with someone, um... Granted, they haven't even been in the same space for that long, so I think that I mean, it would they be do stare at each other all day. But it's like exactly, and they don't have phones know? or any distractions. Or how anything. would she know? Like <laughs> when you're troubled, you breathe out of your mouth. I mean, I guess I don't know. I think that the realistic thing is that like you would have one of those things if you were yeah. in love with someone. You'd be like, you'd have like oh, when they're feeling stressed they do this and that would be it like it wouldn't be like every single emotion or emotion um, and I'll know their like physical expression of it yeah however this is meant to be a deep passionate love and they don't really have anything else to do except dwell on it yeah Uh, in there they're literally on an island in the middle but at the same time it's like yeah like you aren't going to pick up on those things with someone. Like, yeah. you're not going to pick up on all of those things in a matter of, what, week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Like, you've literally not known each other for that long. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, like, just a minor thing. It's just, like... Oh, no. That's literally my only, like, criticism about No, and I genuinely didn't even question it until you said that. And now I'm, like, I'm glad you brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, It's just a little bit, like... I didn't even think about it, but I'm like, yeah, know. if we're gonna be, like, genuinely uh, realistic about it, whatever. As yeah. It is a little bit corn on the cob. It is a little bit corn on the cob. But I mean, even, I I like it more watching it the second time than I did the first time, I will say that. Really? Yes, I am getting a little bit more of the... Tension de sexual. We say très. Um, this time around, so. C'est très intéressant. I don't know. J'aime beaucoup. Do what you will with that, but it is it is definitely like a pivotal point. They in the movie. sell it a billion percent. They are the sexual tension is there, for show, for show. All right, moving on. Okay, yeah. So. They try the, they are successful in the abortion, uh, remedy type of thing, and, uh, it picks up, and they're in a card game, they're having a lot of fun. It's, like, also really interesting that they kind of centralize Sophie as well as a part of their bond. It's, like, obviously Marianne and Eloise, Heloise are in love with each other, right? But they also both have a great deal of affection for Sophie, it seems. Yeah. Which she seems like a cool girl. She's like, I feel really like chill. It's <laughs> literally like three queens maximizing their joint slay. Like in their little world that they've created, they don't care about class mm-hmm. or roles and anything because there we have Heloise, the mistress of the house making the dinner while Sophie, who's supposed to be, like, the handmaiden, exactly, yeah. servant person, um, you know, embroidering and, and relaxing. Yeah, role reversal, for sure. They're simply vibing. They're simply vibing. It's actually, it looks like a lot of fun. I would love to hang with them. Oh, yeah. And then, after their card game, Heloise reads a story to yes. Marianne and Sophie. She uh, reads the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. Which is about how Orpheus, his wife Eurydice, had an untimely death and he just, he writes, you know, something beautiful to the gods of the underworld saying how much he wanted his wife back and they, for the first time, relent and let someone go back to the world of the living. And their, their only condition is that Orpheus not look back when they're walking back up to the world of the living. And, of course, the whole tragedy of it is that he does right when they're about to enter. So then Sophie, upon hearing this story, is angry. Enraged, which reminds me so much of myself. I feel the same way. It's like, dog, you could have just not turned around. Yeah. And then there's a very loaded conversation that Marianne and Eloise have Oh, dog, should we do a dramatic reading? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Okay, do you want to be Heloise or Marianne? Okay. Do you have a preference? No, not really. Um, pick a hand. You're Heloise. I'm Heloise, okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so this is the beginning of the scene, boys and girls. Then, striking the lyre to accompany his words, he sang, Oh, gods of the underworld, 
to which all mortals descend, I am here to seek my wife. A viper that she trod on poisoned her and robbed her of her youth. I beseech you, unravel the thread of Eurydice's early demise. All will be yours. We all end up here. This is our final abode. You reign over the human race. After living out her fair span of years, she will be yours. If the fates refuse my wife this favor, I am determined not to return. You may delight in both our deaths. He's very convincing. I, I hope they say yes. <laughs> <laughs> then, for the first time, tears wet the cheeks of the Eumenides, won over by his words. Neither the king's bride nor the ruler of Hades could resist his prayer. They sent for Eurydice. She was there among the recent spirits and approached, limping from her wound. She was returned to Orpheus on condition that he would not look back until outside, or the favor would be void. In deep silence, they took a sloping path, steep and dark, shrouded in thick mist. They were nearing the surface, approaching the threshold when, fearing losing Eurydice and impatient to see her, her loving spouse turned and she was instantly drawn back. She reached out for his embrace and wished to hold him. Her poor hands clutched only the empty air. Dying a second time, she did not complain. His sole fault was loving her. That's, That's horrible. horrible. <laughs> poor, poor woman, why did he turn? He was, he was told, told not to, but he did for no reason. reason. There are reasons. You think so? Read it again. Oh, wait, that was uh, the sermon. They were nearing the surface, approaching the threshold, uh, when, fearing losing Eurydice and impatient to see her, her loving spouse turned. No. He can't look at her for fear of losing her. That's There's no reason. reason. He was told not to do that. He's madly in love. He can't resist. I think Sophie has a point. He could not, he could resist. His reasons aren't serious. Perhaps he makes a choice. What choice? He chooses the memory of her. That's why he turns. He doesn't make the lover's choice, but the poet's. She spoke a last farewell that scarcely reached his ears and fell back into the abyss. Perhaps she was the one who said, turn around. Oh, right. Right. And scene. Um, so what do we The think? pacing of that was whack because of the uh, subtitles. Yeah. Um, apologies, there's a lot of, uh... And then us not knowing pauses. when it's Sophie or when it's whoever, but... It's okay, you guys I think we did an excellent idea. job. Yeah. You guys get the idea. <laughs> I think that Marianne, or the expression I'm getting from her, is that she's, like, she really thinks she, said, like, did something when she's, like, maybe he made a choice. And she he does chose... have, like, a smirk the oh, whole time. Oh, totally. She thinks she's super smart, which she is, but... <sighs> Then fucking Heloise, who, I mean, you know, granted she was educated in the convent, which was more than some people could say, um, makes an excellent choice that knocks Marianne's socks off. That's like, she probably said turn around because she was prepared to say her final farewell. Uh, so the power was maybe actually... But why did they... Eurydices. I don't get why either of them, whoever decided to turn around, turned around. Oh, it's infuriatingly dumb. I mean, that's the way Greek tragedies are, where it's like, if yeah. you... I mean, I think it's like, <laughs> its goal is to convey some message. It's not supposed to be, like, logical. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's with all stories that right? we say. Yeah, exactly. we, we're always like, if people had just communicated... Yeah. Uh, wouldn't happen. Directly, but, it wouldn't have happened. But I don't even know if I understand what the story is trying to tell me. I mean, I don't know, like, the original myth, what the... Or even what their interpretations are. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a parallel where Marianne... They're, they're has talking a... about themselves. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they're talking about 100%. themselves. 100%. But what are they saying is what I'm wondering if you have any insight on like I think I have I could probably figure something out well but no I don't yeah feel like I mean using my brain it's not so an obvious me. or direct parallel to me um granted I'm stupid um I think that they're I mean they know that their romance it's, has sort of an expiration yeah. date and it's doomed and yeah I guess uh, I guess the parallel would be like any move being made or whatever um, would be the equivalent of, like, turning around to look at the person because it's going mm-hmm. to make it that much harder when they part if they mm-hmm. actually uh, consummate their relationship and admit their feelings to each other. I think Marianne maybe sees herself as the Orpheus of being the artist, the poet, um, but... Heloise being the Eurydice who's like I want you to turn around and I know that this is going to doom us yes, to a lot of hurt and yeah but can be. yeah and that I want to look at you yeah. you know I mean I'm probably not being coherent or whatever right now I'm just speaking off the top of the dome but yeah I don't know no, and Sophie meanwhile is just living for all of it she's us like why the fuck did he do that yeah no it's like dog and do you think she knows or, or senses about mary and heloise i don't think she does necessarily so. no because it's one of those things where like if you're living in a heteronormative world it's not gonna be your first instinct people will have to like take people and like shake them and be like they're girlfriends and then they'll finally understand yeah you know what i mean that's they'll be like it's like that thing that still happens where people will be like they're such good friends and it's like they're so obviously yeah more than friends i don't know i took a class on basically like gay history but it was called policing same-sex desire excellent class but the thing that with relationships between women is that there historically has been so much invisibility around that mm-hmm. where people because they don't want to acknowledge that women have independent sexualities then to acknowledge like lesbian relationships would be to like kind of mind blowing like oh they have desires and sexuality and they don't need a man to be involved sort of like fulfill that and that's just like but the that invisibility where people don't realize that is yes obviously super harmful but then at the same time like kind of a superpower where people aren't going to be suspecting things and in fact people aren't even not going to be suspecting things but they're not even going to even if it's looking at them right in the face they're not going to want to they're gonna be like i pretend i do yeah straight up where with like you know relationships between men that's always been something that's been 
talked about and then you know persecuted but more visible yeah exactly no i agree i don't i think it's totally over sophie's head oh my god queen victoria of england uh or britain or whatever the fuck um (laughs) someone said something to her about lesbians and she said i don't believe they exist or or not only someone said like two girls were seeing each other or whatever, like, lesbians, like, in the court. And Queen Victoria was like, not only am I going to pretend that you never said that, I refuse to believe that there are people out there like that who exist. I want to find the exact quote, but I won't right now. I don't know who, like, Queen... Like, who's Queen Victoria? Queen Victoria of England ruled during the 1800s, and she was... The one who was in charge... Yeah. She was the one who was in charge basically when the empire was in full swing. And she famously said, the sun never sets on the British Empire because, mm. um... Like, people throughout history have said ridiculous things about same-sex. Yeah. Relationships. People still say ridiculous things about same-sex relationships. My god, dog, what if someone in the royal like, family was gay? Like, now. I'm sure they have been. I'm oh, sure no, yeah. Are. Yeah. Not out. But, but like, came they out. definitely are. They're probably, it's probably, like, known within the family. They're just like, oh, we can't have the public now. Might win them no. points. I mean, Jesus. They're a bunch of sickos. Yeah, but do they, they don't even abide by the point system of, like, they're, they were blatantly racist with, uh... Megan. Megan. Oh, yeah, 100%. And you would, you would think, oh, that'll win us points, blah, blah, blah. They don't yeah. give a fuck about points. They, uh... What do they give a fuck about? What do they give a fuck about? I don't know. God, and here's the thing, and but I'm gonna I don't say... have much faith in that, in that. That's fair. And I know, I really know very little about uh, the royal family. I just know that their treatment of Meghan Markle was very upsetting. So yeah. Team Meghan all the way. Oh, I don't actually know what, Okay, the conspiracy theory that I heard, that my third eye just that popped I've heard, out I've of heard my head. one that they, like, hunt children or something. Oh, no, not that. Um, <laughs> would I be surprised? No, but... <laughs> No, what I heard was that either Harry and Meghan signed up, but I actually doubt that. I think that it was deliberately set up all of these fake scandals. And for a lot of, like, the tabloids in the press in the UK, they're, like, they get bribes from the royal family to sort of push the narrative that the royal family wants out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that this was emphasized after Diana's death because they were like we want to control the narrative and so that they put all of this news about Megan's the worst Megan's calculating Megan's manipulative whatever um to distract from the public scandal of William cheating, cheating on Kate, on Kate. Yeah. straight up and the uh Prince Andrew or whatever the fuck his name is being a full-on pedophile and yeah. Jeffrey Epstein's boy even after he was convicted like what the fuck yeah i and i like it's just no i'm not saying that that's what i 100 percent believe to be true but but whether they definitely see it whether they (laughs) uh intentionally were putting like all the all this propaganda about megan being a shit person like they're still protecting 
Andrew. a pedophile. They're still protecting. They're per- they're and they're not protecting Megan, and they're not trying to stop any of these right. harsh things being printed about her. And the the defense that people are sort of giving is that okay, the family will protect you as long as you follow the rules of the family being that, you know, you don't really speak publicly Which is like about be things. white. Yeah, exactly. You don't speak publicly about things. You don't have you speak your mind. You don't take sides really on any issue. But like what the fuck is that? Oh, and and if your moral or family code is telling you to protect the pedophile and do absolutely nothing for the young couple who just had a baby and the wife is being brutally, brutally harassed. Like, what the fuck? And I was in London for several months. I saw, I can't even tell you how many magazine tabloid covers about Megan. Nothing about Andrew. Nothing. Zip. Like, it's sick. And also of the royal family, and it's probably, this is like, gripe. This is so far down on the list of things that matter, but you would think that, that was a burp. That wasn't my voice breaking. (laughs) You would think that, you know, they have all this money and their whole thing is that they get to be royal because it brings tourism into the country, basically, and they're living symbols. Um, but the outfits and shit that they wear, all ugly as hell like at least have some taste at least provide some aesthetic value like i don't know do people like enjoy that shit legends like they're absolutely the most boring yeah morally corrupt people ever like if you're going to have ta- all the taxpayers money like just to exist at least like give us give us something, something. i want queen elizabeth queen elizabeth queen elizabeth, queen elizabeth. <laughs> To binge some drag race and learn how to have talent, charisma, uh, charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. talent. I yeah. want her to give all of that. Give the people. I need what her they to want. watch. I need her to watch lip sync for your life. I need her to watch the mini challenges. I need <laughs> her to watch the runway looks. Okay, I need her to step up her game and stop giving us nothing. Queen Lizzie? Literally giving us nothing. I, I don't won't care. even call you Queen Lizzie because I don't recognize the monarchy as I don't as care valid. that you're like 85 years old. Girl, she's Get your 95. shit together. Get your shit together. Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay. Lizzie Windsor, if you're listening to this, step your pussy up. Yeah, it's step about your pussy time. game up. You know, I... Kate? Step your pussy game up. William, step William your pussy especially. game up. Harry and Meghan, you're Harry doing amazing. Harry and Meghan, you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing, <laughs> you're doing amazing. amazing. Oh, dog. And, okay, you know what's the most ominous thing in the world also? What? Is that a reporter sort of being like, yo, so, like, why did you essentially leave the royal family? Uh, Harry said... If you knew what I knew, you would do the same thing to protect oh, I'm your sure. child. I'm and it's sure. like, what do you know that we don't? Like, I'm sure that so either, much mess up there's shit has two, happened. There are two options, honestly. I mean, the pedophile thing alone. Alone. You don't let your kid be a part of a family that 
protects and excuses that type of behavior. That's a really good point. That's actually a really good point. See, what I was going to say is that there's two things I had in mind. One of them is that he found out that they were behind his mother's death. The second thing, it's either that or... Which it's like you think that he just found that out, though. Like, he's grown, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I don't, I actually don't don't necessarily think they were were behind her death. I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily think that either. I just, uh, I feel like he would have already come to that conclusion, you know? Yeah, unless, like, someone... But maybe he found, like, maybe he found, like, definitive proof or something. Right. I was thinking it was either that or that all of the most wild, uh, insane internet conspiracy theories are true and... They fucking sacrifice they children. children. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. England is that deranged. Or Britain, I guess we could say. Though, like, I don't have any beef with Scotland or Wales. Um, also, I didn't... When I visited you, I didn't realize, like, how seriously people take, like, the royal family and stuff. Like, I didn't know that you couldn't just, like, talk shit about the royal family on the streets, you know? Did you... Did people not allow that, like, when you did? No, I mean, no one well, said anything to me, but you guys were like, oh, yeah, don't do that. I well, also yeah. threatened to, like, kill her, but... <laughs> yeah, oh, you could get arrested for that fully. No, me and me and my friend Grace, um... <gasps> it was a joke. No, me and, me and my friend Grace were... It was an assassination were... joke. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on Go now, man. <laughs> no, me and my friend Grace walking around this shopping center, we were on a mad one and basically just like talking mad shit about the royal family like vocally verbally loudly like being like yeah they killed diana like da 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 and people were staring which mind you it was probably that we were speaking very loudly or i was at least uh and were american and the shit we were saying was absurd (laughs) but that's the thing i'm like how much of it is uh, British people being overprotective of the royal family, and how much is it that we're just <laughs> sick fucks that don't know how to be in public? That we're you know? unhinged. We were like, we're going to, we were going to see Buckingham Palace, and I was like, yeah, let's go assassinate the queen. <laughs> like we were like, okay, we're going to Buckingham Palace. How do we get there? Yeah, let's go assassinate the queen in the middle of a boots. Like, with our little disposal cameras. Like, okay, okay, queen. Okay, queen. (laughs) All right, next portion. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack from the The... scene at the bonfire until now. Yeah. What even... I'm gonna look at what time... That was within the span of... 10 minutes? 15, 15 minutes? 15 minutes. A lot happened, a lot happened. there. Okay, so... Um, they go to a bonfire that's, like, all women. I have no idea where these women come from. I guess they're just all girls who live on the island. Yeah. And they're hanging out. They start singing, like, an acapella song, basically. And, um... Then... Marianne and Eloise are staring at each other across this fire while these women are singing. Lots of yearning. Lots of yearning. It kind of seems like they make a decision that they're going to act on their feelings. Yeah, yeah. And then Eloise's dress catches fire and she just kind of like stands there and does nothing about it. And then 
these women come over and put out the fire with some type of fabric and she falls to the ground and then Marianne comes and takes her arm and helps her up and it uh is a match cut to them walking on the cliffs like I don't know during the day like the next day or something and then they go to this hidden cave basically yeah and they kiss and which it's, I don't what? know I thought it was really interesting because they're both wearing sort of coverings like scarves over their mouths yeah. because of the wind and the sand and whatnot yeah. and that it's it's deliberate that they Eloise take off takes her. off her mask covering where it's like I think a lot of times, and I was literally just watching The Sopranos my first time through, and it was a scene where I think Carmela and Tony kiss after being separated or whatever, and it's like, it, it's like they lean, whatever, and then it just happens, and it's like, you can't really see the moment that the decision is made, mm-hmm. and I think with a lot of cinematic kisses you don't really know yeah when it's decided okay this is what I, i'm gonna do you know it just sort of seems like it's like a fall yeah. right you just seem like you it, you fall, fall into, into each it. other yeah. yeah and so looking at this where it's like okay you actually when you make the decision to pull the face covering off face that's covering when off, yeah which i thought was really cool but go on but then the kiss itself seems very like full of fear and full of uncertainty it's not like they don't seem very sure of themselves in the kiss it doesn't seem like overly passionate or anything it's it's super tentative and i just thought that was like a tribute to their acting you know they're such they're really like they carry this movie so much with their like expressiveness and Mm -hmm. there aren't so many Um, lines of dialogue. And then Sophie and Marianne have dinner, uh, but Heloise doesn't show up, which obviously makes Marianne very nervous, because what the fuck? Like, she thinks that she scared her off, which she says. Um, but then she goes back up to room, she sees a figure of Heloise, like, in the hallway in this white dress, like, almost like, a ghost of her. Yeah, and I was about to say, like, I get annoyed, like, this in movies where they have a visual representation of, like, a psychological moment, but then I was like, okay, it's been a minute since I've been crazy in love, as they say, you know? I Mm -hmm. think that the one time I was ever, which when I was seven, which when I was, like, really really in love like shit like that would happen where it's like you think you see them yeah and then it's not them oh totally yeah i've never had it where like (laughs) where like they appear suddenly in the middle of the room but it's like a phantom like a phantom (laughs) yeah but it, it is a very real thing i feel like when you Especially, like, being in college and stuff, if I, like, fancied someone, (laughs) I would always think that I saw them. Even if it was someone from, like, my hometown, obviously could never be on my campus, I would be utterly convinced that I just saw them for a second and be like, that is a completely different person. But yeah, they're, if they're, when they're on their, on your psyche... When I was... uh, You might start having delusions. Summer going into fourth grade was very very in love with my (laughs) beau I had a dream about him every single night for the an entire summer 
I'm not even joking. Every night. Me with Timothy Chalamet. Oh, my God. I just want to feel that way about someone ever again. It's horrible. I hate it. So, yeah, they're at dinner, and then she sees her ghost, and then she sees the real Heloise waiting for her in her room, in Marianne's room, and she's like, I thought I scared you off. She's like, I am, and then Heloise is like, I am scared. And then they have... But it's cute because they kiss, and it's very, like, real and passionate, but then everything else happens off Which I, yeah. Which I like. I was, because you said while we were watching, you were like, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this right now. Yeah, literally. Because it's a very, very intimate moment. It's like, I don't want to invade their privacy. And it was just that they were kissing, right? But, like... For some so reason, intimate. I was like, I, I, this just, I feel like I shouldn't be watching. And then it cuts to the next day, and I yeah. was like... I don't think I could have taken, like, so many more minutes of that <laughs> level of tension and intimacy. It would have been too much. Far too much. Yeah, it cuts to the next day, and, um, what's her face? They have to take Sophie yeah, to Yeah, they have to take Planned Sophie Parenthood. to... <laughs> <laughs> to, like, the wise woman of the village, like, town's like little abode oh because we found out that the uh abortion remedy that marianne gave her was unsuccessful yeah so she has to go have like an actual abortion or whatever the version of that was in this time period um so they go and i don't even know what the it's just insane they like mix up a bunch of herbs and then sophie like (laughs) spreads her legs and then they put the herbs up her cooch i guess i don't i don't even know it looks like there's something being dealt with but it's a really interesting shot because she's on the bed the wise woman or whatever she is is performing the procedure but she's on the bed and the woman's children which are are on the bed and a toddler are also on the bed and it's the type of thing where it's like she literally lives in a, like, hut, essentially. So it's like, okay, where else are they going to go? Um, also just reminds me of growing up around a lot of little kids, where it's like, they're just going to be chilling, like, when... Yeah. And ever anything's going on, it's like, they're It's like, they're going to grow there. up knowing that they're, this is, like, their mom's profession, and they're probably going to, like, take it over. So yeah. it's like, why wouldn't... Like, why would you even... But it's like a crazy scene... As Sophie's literally holding the baby's hand. Holding the baby's hand, because she's, like, you know, wincing in pain, of course. I'm sure it's not a pleasant experience. And and then when it's done, the baby is, like, almost comforting her. Like, she turns the baby, and the baby, like, touches her nose. It's very sweet. And and it's very sweet. Very weird. When I was watching, I was like, I feel like the last thing you would want after having a procedure like that is to, like see a baby and be like cuddled by a baby obviously because that's like a reminder of what just happened um but she seems really comforted by it yeah that's obviously all that matters all right did we oh no we didn't finish okay so um and then after this happens they're all like sitting in marianne's room i guess sophie's like (laughs) right resting in in bed Yeah. yeah And then Hel- Eloise is like, is like, like, I don't want to go, go to, to bed. bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then Heloise is like, I don't want to go to bed. So she 
picks Sophie up, brings her over to, like, the a mattress on the ground by the fire, and basically recreates the scene of her having the abortion procedure and like has Marianne paint it and it's so deranged it's really weird (laughs) I mean I think that it's really cool because she is it's definitely like Sophie how does Sophie feel about this we don't know we would love to know so I the thing is I get what oh Heloise is doing oh 100% and I think it's admirable she's admirable she's putting light on this real thing that happens to women and kind of documenting it. Oh, and And it's that the marriage portrait is this still piece of art that's created to commodify a woman, right? And then this thing that she's having, this piece that she's having Marianne paint is an actual portrayal of what it's like. It is to be a woman. Yeah, and, and... and Heloise is agentic, idea. and I Heloise is agentic in it in the sense that she's the one who's performing the thing. Yeah. In the painting, she's not aware of that she's being watched or whatever. It's not as if she's facing the mm-hmm. uh, viewer, and she's performing a role, and it's something that she she orchestrated the entirety of the image in terms of where everything is placed and whatnot so it's like she gets to choose and she's decided that she wants this work to be created and Mm -hmm. i think it's ballsy and really cool no it is really cool the only thing the only problem in my mind with it is that sophie literally just had an abortion and like you're gonna make her revel in that the night oh of. don't mind yeah no don't by having me her wrong. like reenact it that aspect is bizarre but i think obviously don't get me wrong it's unhinged it's for unhinged sure. yeah that's the thing it's unhinged but like totally get what she's doing think it's totally dope and I feel like Sophie would object if she didn't want to do it, you Right, know? that's what I was going to say. It's like, it, it's sort of, I think, implicitly expressed that Sophie's... It's fine with it's it. It's fine, it's fine yeah. with it. And it might, on a, it might be, like, healing to her. Like, who, yeah, knows? who knows? It's just, it's never explicitly stated or consented. So that's, like, a red flag in my brain, but it does, it... It's, I don't think it's intended to come off that way. No. I think it's. I think it's supposed to be implied that Sophie is fine with it, and it's kind of a healing moment for all the women. But watching it, it's definitely unhinged. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Helise is fully a crazy person. She is, yeah, she's been unhinged. She's from day the one. first, from day one, from the first moment also, we met her. Also, I don't think we ever mentioned this, but we decided that Heloise is an Aries, and Marianne is a Virgo. We are well in the third act, and shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah. You already know. Yer. I knew Ash was gonna love this movie. I just knew it. She is literally closing her eyes in a deep reverie at the moment. I've been found dead. I literally have died. And on the coroner's report, they wrote, Portrait of a Lady on Fire <laughs> as cause of death. Cause of death. It's that serious, y'all. It's, it's that serious. So good. Um, <laughs> so let's recap. What has happened since we last checked so, in? So, if I recall correctly, 
It's been really, it's really been a dramatic roller coaster. This the way things picked up steam in the third yeah. act. Let me tell oh, you, they're fully in love at this point. Um, absolutely obsessed with each other, sleeping Crazy. together every night. Crazy departure from the beginning where there was just this insane tension, and it's like they didn't even know what to do around each other. And now they're fully in love. Um, Yeah, so what even has happened? So they finished the painting. Uh, Yeah, I think that's where we left off. There's like that whole dramatic scene, but I honestly don't really know what happened. Okay, so no. They Um, basically just talk about how when the mom comes home that this is going to be over. Yeah, it was a really, like, basically... She's finished with the painting, still has finishing touches, but it's, you know, done, Mm -hmm. essentially. And they have an argument wherein Heloise is just sort of, like, crying and saying, I don't want this, and you think that I'm complicit, I'm guilty. Um, And then... Marianne is like, you just are going along with whatever because it's a way of avoiding hope. It's a way of avoiding taking responsibility for your own life, I think is what she's trying to say. Um, and Heloise is like, is she accusing Heloise of not actually loving her? No, I think, I don't think so. But just, she says it's a way of avoiding hope. Um, what is? That, I mean, we can go back to the thing, but, well, Heloise is like, you want me to, um, resist my marriage, and, uh, Marianne's like, yes, and then she's like, so are you, and then Heloise says, are you asking me to, and Marianne says no. Mm -hmm. So, that's weird. Um... And it's, like, a big fucked up fight where basically Marianne accuses her of... I don't even know what she's accusing her of. Of being complicit, I guess, in the marriage. And it's this big, dumb fight. Because that is pretty offensive to say. Like, I think Marianne's probably coming from a place of, like, hurt knowing the inevitable... The inevitability of Heloise leaving her. Right. For to get married, and then Heloise is like, obviously, it's not my choice. Like, you think I haven't been fighting this because I have. And it's like, even if she were to completely refuse it, right? That means she has no prospects for her mom, is probably her mother. Yeah, exactly. It has a lot to do with like financials and and duty. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so the, your mind first goes to, okay, uh, she should just run away, but when I, when you think about it, I mean, even in modern times, it, I don't know if, it would take a lot for me to run away from my entire life, my entire family, for one person, like, what? I'd do it. Oh, you know what it is? <laughs> yeah, I probably would too, but that's because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and what it was it? It was that uh, Marion basically calls her cowardly, calls her a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then my mind goes to, okay, Heloise should get married and then just have Marianne move to Milan. Yeah. And and run her portrait business over there. And then they can, you know, be together. And that would probably be like, like, they would probably be able to pull that off. I think so. Fairly easily. But then that means Marianne leaves her art career behind uh, or has to start over at least in another city because she has a business in Paris. She has her father's business to take over. Mm-hmm. So there's been, what I'm trying to say is that there's been sort of the entire time a resignation that there's no way that they're going to stay together at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that this has to be temporary, that this love has to be fleeting. And I think that that is something that you could cope with if it were not the sort of earth-shattering type of love and intimacy that they're experiencing, where it's kind of the first time for both of them, it seems, that they've had this kind of, like, A, magnetic pull to another person, but B, feeling understood by that person. They're just very deeply in love, and, you know? Yeah, yeah, they're just straight up very much in love. And Whether it's, like, so they're soulmates forever, blah, 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 it doesn't really matter. Right now they have, feel, like, this intense love for one another, and they know that they can't be together, and they have a very strict time limit. They find out that the mom is coming home the next day. And right. They make up, Marianne, like, chases Eloise out who's watching the ocean or whatever. Yeah, and and Marianne's low-key, like, did Eloise kill herself? And, which I'm still kind of convinced is how this movie's gonna end, but I don't know yet. Because she keeps seeing, like, a ghost. This is her first way through. Yeah, because she keeps seeing, like, a ghost of Eloise. Oh, my gosh. Then she died. Um, LOL. But I don't actually know that. And now they're kind of just enjoying their last night, day together. Um, they're making little paintings for each other. It's really it's cute. It's really cute. It's really sapphic. It's so sapphic, and I love them so much. I love Heloise more than anything. Um, I would love to marry her. <laughs> Heloise, hit me up. Uh, yeah. Is that everything? It's just this really beautiful conversation that they have of Heloise is like, I'm feeling something I've never felt before, which is regret. And Marianne is like, don't regret, remember. And then they're sort of talking about the first time that they wanted to kiss each other. Um, (sighs) And... (laughs) Yeah, I did. (laughs) It's just really sad but it's really sad i am happy that they it they resolve things and are able to sort of enjoy their last moments together yeah and lay it bare how they feel be like just because i feel like it's rare you see that in a movie where it's two people being it's like they know it's not gonna end so they like pull back Mm, you know yeah yeah like they're not gonna end up together so they pull back and and whatnot but now there is sort of an awareness and a maturity that yeah this is going to end and i don't want to waste any more time you know it's like actually iconic of them for that so we finished the movie and 
first of all, I think I want Ash's reaction, but I also want to spell out the ending. Mm-hmm. So what happens in um, the last portion of the movie, and what is your reaction? My reaction to the movie and the ending and the movie is that... <laughs> oh, well, the ending, by the way, is that the mom comes uh, home, they um, say pack up the portrait, they say their goodbyes, and Louise is in the white gown that Marianne saw her in, like, twice in her visions, and it's her wedding dress, basically, that her mother bought her as a gift in Milan, and Marianne basically has to leave, she goes to shake the mom's hand, say goodbye, and then pulls her in for a quick hug, assuming- Which the mom seems really uncomfortable. Yeah, seems very taken aback, and then- And then she she hugs Heloise, but- it seems that she <laughs> hugged the mom just so that she could hug Heloise and have it be, like, semi-normal Absolutely. because they're not really given the chance to, like, give each other a proper goodbye that morning. And then she leaves. She's, like, about to step out, out like, step out of the house. And Heloise, from the top of the stairs in her wedding dress, says, turn around. And... Marianne turns around, which is, like, a reference to the, uh... Orpheus and Eurydice's. And then the screen goes black, and we're back at Marianne's, uh, you know, painting class. Yeah. And she's kind of packing up, and she, in a voiceover, she's like, I did see her again, and it's at a, uh, gallery... gallery a gallery show there's like a bunch of art marianne sees a painting of heloise with a little girl supposedly her daughter you're assuming and she's holding a book that is open to that is showing the number 28 like being the page number and we didn't mention this but when they exchange little portraits of each other uh, Marianne drew her portrait on the 28th page of Heloise's book. Which is, by the way, the story of Eurydice and Orpheus by Ovid. I don't know what the actual title is, but... Um, So, in the portrait, she's, you know, showing this page number. It's a little bit. What does? It's like her hand or her fingers are inside of the book at page 28. Mm Mm-hmm. And it fully looks like... A finger in a badge. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, yeah. Like, there's definitely that at play. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, I'm sure. Um, um, and then she sees her at, like, an uh, at a orchestra thing. Marianne sees her. Heloise does not see Marianne. And the song that... Marianne played for her about the insects and an oncoming storm is playing and he- and Heloise literally looks like she's having a panic attack like she's hyperventilating she's crying so it's just showing that although they moved on with their lives obviously they still which I think is really beautiful that have like they're still in love with each other yeah. and then at the same time Marianne doesn't even like make an effort for Heloise to know that she was there you know yeah, and I guess it must just seem so impossible. Yeah, because it's like, what would even, what would 
even <sighs> saying hello to each other, like, what is even the point? I know? mean, it's such the thing of... I feel like the blocks are way more emotional than they are. I mean, yes, literally, it's not as if they can be together publicly, but they obviously could still see each other in secret, like, mm-hmm. pretty easily, you know, um, under the guise of friendship, but it seems like emotionally that would just be far too difficult for both of them yeah. to keep it concealed or to like have something but not actually yeah and not be able to prioritize the other person yeah and yeah (sighs) but yeah i don't know it's like it's just the choice that they made what is what are your entire thoughts on the movie because um my entire thoughts are that this movie is show-stopping spectacular never been done before um (laughs) amazing speech left me speechless it's so your brand in Um, every possible way left every other movie in the dust um (laughs) funny how the industry stopped producing movies when this was released (laughs) not because of coronavirus it was because of this in all seriousness i really 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 love this movie um one of the criticisms that i've heard is that it was like slow paced which it is, but like to me, every moment was riveting. Every I, moment was so packed with tension and meaningfulness, and not a single thing wasn't thought out. Yeah, and, and deliberate. I, I find that it almost it picks up scene by scene, moment by moment, in terms of pacing, yeah. which I think is a really cool thing to do. It's not as if. There's one consistent pace throughout the entire film. It's like exponentially it gets quicker. And by the end, it's like, wait, how did this? Like, okay, they got together and now they're like breaking each other's hearts. Now they're reconciling. Like, all of that happens within about 30 minutes. Which, mind you, I mean, yeah, I'm sure that people can have their gripes with the beginning, which... I mean, it's an objectively long movie. It's two hours, but... Um, I don't know. I just thought it was so beautiful. It's just, like, it's nice to see a movie, and this is, like, the same thing with Call Me By Your Name. It's nice to see a movie that is, like, a genuinely good and beautiful movie that is also about a gay romance. I mean, I'm so obsessed with the actors who played Marianne Heloise, like, just really masterful stuff like like I don't even know just like how are you able to and it's also like do that I wish I could be an actress was it was sad but it wasn't it was like um but it was satisfying in the sense that like Mm -hmm. it felt like they made the conscious decision, you know, to... Yeah. Which I feel like we've, like, said in a bunch of different ways, but, like, they made the decision that, like, they were going to part ways, and this was going to be a beautiful moment, but it's done now, and they were going to not blow up their lives, and they were or they were going to, you know, have their own respective lives... Yeah. And although it's sad and they took moments within themselves to mourn 
those memories or reflect on those memories, um, they still went about their lives, you know? Right, and also... It still felt like, even though they were ripped apart by, you know, society or whatever, they still retain that, like, control over it. Oh, yeah, and because, you know, they could have... Because they could have. They could yeah. have ran away oh, together. they could have finessed. And been besties or whatever. But. They didn't. I think it's also an awareness not of, oh no, we couldn't ever possibly pull it off. But the stress or the stressors involved would make us resent each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously no one wants that. And it's a lot to risk for like someone you've known for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just logistically. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, it would be super unwise. <laughs> yeah, it would be definitely, it would be a Romeo and Juliet but I'm romi- unwise I'm a, moment. I'm a romantic at heart. I mean. Fair enough. I think Romeo and Juliet kind of just did what they needed to. But I think so, I wouldn't, I would have been like obviously happy to see them like run away together, but I just feel really weirdly satisfied mm. with that ending. I think it was what needed to happen and i <laughs> think that they're both very pretty um <laughs> oh i want to be best friends with heloise and marianne straight girl, up i want to be best friends with sophie and sophie i, I want to be in their her. girl game you know what i also love about sophie is that she was clearly the one who when they went to that like sorority bonfire situation i don't even want to say i meant sorority in the terms of like a sisterhood not like college sorority um because the vibes would be way different, which, by the way, the bonfire thing was so witchy and, yeah, like, cute, but then when you think about it, it's like, oh no, witchiness comes from just the idea of, like, female camaraderie. And just, like, acting on their own will. Yes, straight up. Simply vibing. Simply just If you see a woman simply vibing, um, she's probably a witch, and you should act accordingly and burn her at the stake, probably. No. Act accordingly and ask her for a spell. Yeah. (sighs) Shout out to my girl Hannah, my favorite witch in the world. Um, but yeah, no, but I just love that Sophie, like, clearly has, like, friends in town or whatever, like, has... Oh, she is the bitch. Yeah, town. no, and so she was like, okay, you guys come with me, like, I know where the party's at, and so I know like... where these bitches stand around the fire and sing acapella. And, like, also, yeah, God, love her, love her. It's really deranged when you think about the fact that she has to live with her employer and wait on them hand and foot um so annoying (laughs) i just can't even imagine my great great aunt worked at the vanderbilt like she emigrated from ireland and then worked at the vanderbilt's house in rhode island um as like in the kitchen it's like a kitchen maid and i went on a tour and looked at the conditions and i was like how genuinely how did you make it through the day-to-day in in these cramped living spaces working over 12 hours a day Mm -hmm. um and just like what does that do to you as a person that you're yeah all day every day like 
working for these other random people who are no better than you in any way, shape, or form. It's just a roll of the dice. What's your what's your dream job? I don't dream of labor. I don't dream of labor. I simply do not dream of labor. Oh, and that the women all day, it was like, oh, well, the women, you know, were very busy with planning all the different social engagements, da 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 It's like, what? Like, that's... You're planning parties. You're... You're not scrubbing toilets. parties. <laughs> We're fully planning parties. I remember, though, going... What the fuck? In high school. Just because you were born into a certain family. Right, and, like... And the way that that is still that's how exactly the world runs. That's how it is. And, was, and people, like, even... People even argue that that's, that's a possible concept when it was so blatantly how this country was founded. Like, oof. you're fucking kidding oh, me. Oh, God. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. All right. Um... This was a really fun movie to do. Yeah, this was like a nice change from the past. A Jennifer's that Body, were, the that violence were much, much, much darker. So this was a welcome uh, change, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And yes. I really hope you guys actually watch this movie. Yeah, I hope um, you do. I hope you. Yeah, or have already watched it. Agreed. I know that Molly, our listener Molly, uh, has watched it and is really into it, and I think Ananda. Um, suggested, suggested it. it so shout out to both of you guys love you um, and yeah if there's any movies that you would want us to do in the future any questions comments concerns hit us up on twitter at Highland Pod. Uh, we love you thanks for listening and see you next time Bye. Bye.